Welcome to the GMAT Strategy Podcast. You're here because you believe there's a better way to study for the GMAT, and so do I. I created the GMAT Strategy to maximize your results and minimize your efforts so you can get to the fun parts about business school and life as quickly as possible. My name is Isaac Puglia, and I've been teaching GMAT classes and tutoring privately for the GMAT for over six years, and I personally have achieved a 99th percentile score on an official GMAT exam and helped hundreds of students get into the business schools of their choice. I'm excited to be a part of your MBA journey since I think the world can benefit from the best possible business leaders that we can find. And if this show is bringing you value, please share it with your friends and family who are studying for the GMAT so that together we can make this process as easy and painless for as many people as we possibly can. Let's go. Today, I want to at least briefly talk to you about admissions. And I guess the disclaimer here should be that Admissions to business school is not my area of expertise. I have focused pretty much exclusively on the GMAT for the past seven, eight years that I've been doing this, and pretty much exclusively on standardized tests in my teaching practice for the last like 10 to 12 years. But having worked in the industry for a long time, I get questions about admissions a lot. I do have friends who are admissions consultants. And so there is a little bit of insight that I think I can offer to you, especially while you're in this phase of your admission, which is the preparation process during the GMAT. So what are some of the things you should be thinking about? What are some of the materials that you should utilize, in my opinion, that will help give you an edge either while you're studying or immediately after you stop studying and start to decide to double down on your applications? So the first thing that I like to talk about when talking about admissions is that it's good to remember as a student that the average scores or the median scores that you're seeing schools publish on their websites are the middle value of what they're of what folks got who they're admitting. And so it's nice to remember that probably about half of the people and basically exactly half of the people if it's a median score, probably about half of the people got lower than that score. And while it's hopefully obviously great to hit the average or be above average, you still have a strong chance of getting into the school if your score is 10 to 30 points below the average. And they often publish the range as well, which tends to be pretty significant in most cases. So sometimes even if you're 50 points off, 60 points off, 70 points off in some situations from the average or the median, you've still got a shot. It's not as good of a shot as you would have with a higher GMAT score, but that brings me to my next tip, which is that the GMAT doesn't really get you into business school. Now, let's be clear, business schools really love high GMAT scores. It helps them let you in because you're bringing up their average, or you're at least helping them maintain their average, and you're not bringing it down. But It's good to remember that the GMAT is mostly just something that can keep you out rather than get you in. So you just want to get a high enough score. You want to get within the range of the schools that you're targeting or as high as you possibly can in the amount of time that you have or the amount of time that's reasonable or that you're willing to invest. And then you should just apply and let the schools make the decision for you. Now, of course, if you're way, way off, like 100 points off from their average or their median, then it's a very low likelihood that you're going to get in. But if that's the highest score you've been able to achieve, it doesn't hurt you that much to submit one more application. And maybe they waitlist you or maybe they give you some feedback and say, hey, if you can retake the GMAT 
and invest in a tutor, we'd be happy to reconsider your application. Well, now all of a sudden, it might be a lot more palatable, a lot more reasonable to invest, let's say, a few hundred to a few thousand dollars in some private tutoring because you think, well, now it's it's a lock. I know that they like me. So if I just double down on the score and raise that a little bit, then there's like a 90% chance I'm going to get in versus on your initial application, you're thinking maybe there's a 50% chance. And so that might make you a little bit gun shy in terms of investing a lot of money in your GMAT score. And I think that's understandable. Now, if the GMAT doesn't get you in, what does get you in? (laughs) And the thing that I hear from admissions consultants regularly is the thing that gets you in is what they often refer to as your story. So what is your story? Well, the story is kind of like the narrative structure that you can put behind your work experience, your recommendations, and how well you can articulate why business school makes sense for your career trajectory, and even better, why this specific business school is the best option for you in plotting out what your vision is, where you want to be after school. So that's why a lot of consultants refer to it as a story. You're trying to make sense of where you've been professionally and where you're going professionally, and you're you're making that harmonize with what an admissions officer would want to see at a specific school. What type of student are they looking for? What type of diversity do they want? And I'll t- tell you a little bit about how you can find out that type of information about the schools that you want to apply to in a moment. The next tip that I would recommend considering is to start as early as possible with at least your research, if not putting together some of these things like your story. So starting to think about that a little bit. One good tip there is just to take maybe five to 10 minutes of each one of your GMAT study sessions and devote that to going online, engaging with some of the resources that I'm about to recommend, looking at the websites of the schools that you really want to go to, and just getting super, super intimately acquainted with the specific language they use to describe their school, what type of student profiles they tend to publish, following them on social media to get a feel for what the school culture is like, or at least what what they want people to think the school culture is like so that you can start to strategize about how you're going to sell yourself, for lack of a better expression, how you're going to tailor your story to fit in with the narrative structure of that school. And it's not particularly unlike a job interview in some of those respects. A good thing about spreading this out over time is that time will really add up over weeks and months that you do it, which is usually the length of study for for the GMAT for most of us. And the added effect of that is it won't just be stressing you out on the back of your mind, kind of constantly weighing on you like, I know I should think about this, I know I should be thinking about this, but you're trying to focus on the GMAT. So it's just one fewer distractions that you need to keep out of your mind while you're studying for the exam. Last tip would be just take advantage of as many high-quality free resources as you can possibly find. There's a lot of competition in the admissions space. A lot of people are publishing a lot of very valuable free content, and I think you should engage with that as much as possible, hence the recommendation to borrow some of your study time for that. So here are a couple things that you might want to consider doing depending on where you're at in this process and how you like to engage with your your research. If you're an in-person type of person, then FaceTime is really, really valuable. Just going to events as much as you possibly can that are in your area or that are close to your area. If you live in a remote area, maybe strategizing to... Go visit some friends in a town that's a little further away and you, you know, maybe crash with them, but there's an event in the area where your target school or target schools are going to be presenting. It's really nice. You can often meet and talk to the people who are 
physically going to be reviewing your application and just get a feel for them as a person. Uh, you often have the chance to ask questions and admissions officers often recommend going and introducing yourself and talking to them even if you don't have specific questions just to get on their radar and put a face to the name. Second tip would be to research the curricula at your school. MBA programs tend to have a lot of foundational curricula elements in common, but many schools like to differentiate themselves, and I think you should know that and think about how that fits into your goals. It'll help you tell a better story and also probably help you narrow down the scope of your applications and maybe even push you in a different direction that you didn't realize was maybe going to be better for what you want to do. The third thing to think about is to think about how your work experience shows two important things. One, your emotional intelligence, and two, your leadership capacity. So even if you're not in a leadership role, you want to think about how the elements of your job are preparing you for leadership and how the elements of your job and your work experience are showing that you have emotional intelligence. Because I think it's very natural for most of us to highlight the metrics of achievement and as individual contributors, that's often how we're measured in our, our jobs. We usually get feedback on like how well we're hitting our numbers, essentially. And that's all extremely, extremely important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay that. But I'm, I'm saying that I think people tend to rely on that because that's more almost like a resume and almost like what we would tend to present or be asked to present in, in like a job interview type of situation. And I think more and more business schools are putting the focus on emotional intelligence because there's just so much evidence coming out that that is a quality that almost all great leaders possess. Now, of course, there's exceptions to that rule, and people show emotional intelligence in different ways, but to be an effective leader, to be an effective organizer, you usually have to be really effective at working with people. So business schools are starting to think about that more when they're evaluating applicants, and it's wise of you to start thinking as you're doing this research about how what you do and the type of person you are demonstrates that, at least in a work environment. Maybe you're very introverted, but you've found a way to develop certain types of leadership skills and communication skills that help you get around that. If you can weave that into your story, that can set you up for a lot of success when it comes interview time, where maybe you don't have that really shiny, electric, extroverted personality, but you still know how to get stuff done and you still know how to work with people really effectively and people still enjoy working with you. That kind of stuff really matters in my experience. So let's talk about some free resources that you can use to enhance your research, your knowledge of the schools that you're applying to, and just give you a clearer picture of what business school is going to be like once you get there. Start thinking about how you want this to play into your career trajectory, because one kind of side tip that I wasn't planning to talk about, but is just coming to mind right now, is there's a great book called Case Studies and Cocktails, which is about what what people wished they had known before they started their MBA program, like looking back on it. And it's actually a, a really great read. And one of the main things that they talk about is the pace of business school life is a lot faster than most people predict because there's so many recruiting events and so many different clubs and organizations that you can participate in on any given campus and any given program that it often feels a little bit overwhelming. And I think a lot of people are going into an MBA thinking like, well, I'll just explore a little bit, which is fine. I think that you should do that. But if you're going in as kind of a blank slate, first of all, that probably won't help you tell a great story. And second of all, you might get a little bit overwhelmed by the number of events and the pressure to commit to a certain track and start developing relationships with certain recruiters, certain organizations, certain companies from, an, from the beginning, really, of business school. And in some cases, even the, a couple of weeks before the semester actually begins. So even if you can just narrow things down to 
I'm thinking about consulting or banking, or I want to get out of consulting. I'm not really sure what I want to do, but it's definitely not consulting. Just those types of things. They don't have to be uber specific. And it's great if they can be. They don't have to be uber specific, but it's just so you can narrow down your choices so that you can start to engage with the channels that are going to be most meaningful for you when you go to B-School. And you'll know if there are five CEOs talking in a given week on campus and you're only going to have time to go listen to two of their presentations or network with two recruiters, then ideally you're already aware of the types of industries that are going to be the best fit for you. And now is a good time to begin thinking about that a little bit, even if it's going to change over time. But getting into free resources that are more about the, the admissions piece, which is a, this, this kind of the stage before getting into business school, I guess, obviously, I didn't need to say that, but you're all going to forgive me because we have a good relationship here, <laughs> and I appreciate that. So the best free resource that I've found is the MBA Mission website, and I'm going to talk a lot about MBA Mission. Uh, Jeremy Scheinwald, the founder of MBA Mission, I have a good relationship with him. He's an awesome guy and a great business person and has built a really pretty remarkably impressive business with MBA Mission. And so I'm going to talk about that a lot today, but this isn't an advertisement for MBA Mission. I'm going to give you some other options as well. But the fact remains that I have not found a more robust website. And if you do find a website that has more and higher quality materials than MBA Mission, please send it to me. I I would love to have more options to, to recommend to you. But for now, there are a couple things that I would really recommend checking out on their website. The first is the insider guides that they they made free a few years ago. You used to have to pay money for these. And they have them for a bunch of top schools. I'm not sure exactly how many. I think it's maybe 15 or 20. If you're not gunning for those top 15 schools, there's still a lot that you can learn from their website. But if you are gunning for those top programs, then the insider guides are amazing. They'll tell you how Wharton is different from HBS and how HBS is different from GSB, the types of candidates they're looking for, what student life is like on campus, all kinds of super, super helpful, ultra valuable information. And it's free. I think you should definitely, definitely take advantage of that. The other thing is they regularly do webinars that are super, super awesome. They're very highly rated. They're very highly attended. And there's all different types of topics that you can learn about for free as well. And I think if you just go to their website and then click on blog, there's a list of all the upcoming webinars that they're going to do. Now, the last free resource that I would strongly, strongly recommend that everybody take advantage of from MBA Mission is their free consultation. They'll, they will give you 30 minutes of free targeted admissions advice. And as far as I know, they don't try to upsell you. They don't try to do anything. They're just trying to build a good relationship with you and do something nice for the community. And that's just a no-brainer to me. They'll, they'll look at your career trajectory. They'll look at your work experience. They'll look at the schools that you want to go to and they'll say, well, if you want to go to Harvard, you should be thinking about X, Y, and Z over the next three months versus if you really want to go to University of Virginia, you should be thinking about PR and Q and how to differentiate for those different types of schools. And that's just unimaginably valuable. It's hundreds and hundreds of dollars per hour for most consultants to give you that type of information and they'll do 30 minutes for free. So basically everybody should be doing that. The really nice thing about MBA Mission, before I move on, is they are a full-time consultancy. So while they're definitely on the pricier end, if you do choose to hire them, they do really, really high-quality work, and they're going to be able to devote an amount of attention to you that most part-time admissions consultants just won't physically have to give. Now, I'm not saying that other admissions consultants aren't amazing or that there aren't incredible options out there. There are, and I'll make another recommendation in a moment. But MBA Mission does have an edge. It does have an edge, and there's a reason they're the biggest player in the space, in my opinion. 
Now, some of the paid resources that you can engage with are MBA Mission Services. They have all their pricing sketched out on the page. I won't talk too much about that. Another great consultant who I really, really like, who I have a great relationship with is Raja from Bancroft Advising. Her website is bancroftadvising.com. I'll put both websites in the uh, in the notes, the description of this podcast. I think I mentioned Raja before, but she is an, an a former admissions, con- sorry, not a former admissions consultant. She is a former admissions officer at both UC Berkeley, and she also worked at GSB, Stanford's business school, reviewing people's actual applications. And so now she does consulting, and I don't know if she's full-time or part-time, but she does do hourly a la carte things and she also has packages of like essay advice and story building and things like that. So it's a great opportunity to talk to somebody who's actually reviewed those applications, particularly if you want to go to Berkeley or Stanford. She's a great person to be in touch with and very, very nice and very professional, very direct. I found that everybody who I've talked to at both of those companies is pretty much just fantastic. Now, if you if you're in the mid-tier and you're not going to spend for a top consultant like some of these folks that I'm recommending, then at the very least, I would still recommend getting Jeremy's book, which is called The Complete Start to Finish MBA Admissions Guide. I think it's like $8 online, and it's more than worth it. The amount of value you're going to get out of that book is sensational. It'll give you an idea of the big picture of the process, give you essay advice, basically end-to-end, what should you be thinking about and when. There's also a free version of that on the MBA Mission website. I don't know that it's as robust as the printed version, but you can still get a lot of value about that, and it's free. You just download the PDF, or they have it segmented into, I think, five different topics that you can just check out individually if that's more up your alley. If you're going to hire a mid-tier consultant who's a little bit less expensive, as I always recommend, just make sure that you have some evidence that they're good at what they do and that they're not just kind of moonlighting as consultants and they don't really have the results to back up what you want to get out of working with them and particularly at the schools that you're looking to get into. I think if you can find someone who understands the schools that you're looking to get into, that that's the best. And most admissions consultants are going to be available online for phone or Skype coaching. So you have a lot of options when it comes to admissions consultants. If you can afford to hire an admissions consultant, whether it's Roger at MBA Mission, I'm, I'm not attached to. If you find someone you like and you can afford to do it, I would strongly recommend doing that. There's nothing like having professional advice, and it will probably give you a huge advantage and a big edge, and it'll almost certainly pay off, especially if it increases the odds even a little bit that you can get into a school that you really like and that you really want to go to, because the return on investment, not only financially, but also otherwise, makes it more than worth the investment in almost every single case. Now, if you're not going to hire a consultant, then you should, at the very least, get the book that I was just talking about, The Complete Start to Finish MBA Admissions Guide. That'll give you at least a little bit, it'll give you a huge edge over people who are doing nothing. And I don't know if I can estimate percentage-wise how much it's going to get you versus working with a a personal consultant, but I would say it's like at least 30 to 50% of what you would get from working with someone one-on-one. Now, that's just an estimate. Like I said, I'm not an expert in this area, but it's more than worth it in my opinion. So last on the docket that we should talk about a little bit is admissions events, and this goes well with the the FaceTime element that I was recommending that you start thinking about now. It's great to network. It's great to get on the list of people that they, they contact. It's great to show that you're committed and that you have the willingness to invest your time and your energy in just knowing more about the school and building that relationship, just like you would build a relationship with someone you like or someone who's a great professional contact for you. And you can think of the school as having its own personality and you want to get a feel for that personality and see if it's a good fit. 
Some are paid, but there's also many free events that are well worth attending. And probably one of the best free event companies that I've come into contact with is a company called Access MBA. And they put on admissions fairs for a wide variety of schools all over the world and pretty regularly throughout the year. So I'll put a link to their website in the notes of this podcast so you can check out when their upcoming events are. And I'll also put a special link if you want to register for one of their events. Their events are free. And what I really like about Access MBA is they make it really personal for you. Instead of sitting in a giant group and listening to a big presentation with like three or 500 people in the room, with Access MBA, you actually get to sit down one-on-one with a representative from the actual school that you want to go to, which is really, really cool. And you can have a conversation. You can talk about the specific details of your application. You can ask them questions. And the founder of uh, Access MBA, he, he's got a few different brands under, under the umbrella. But the founder went to an admissions event back in the day when he was going through his uh, sort of professional journey. And he was like, this is so dehumanizing. <laughs> we need to change this. We need to innovate a little bit. And we need to make it a little more personal. So I like the feel personally of those events. And I would strongly recommend checking them out because it has no cost to you except time cost. And if you can even just get a tiny bit of an edge by talking with someone who's specifically associated with the school, maybe even the person who's actually going to review your application, that gives you a huge advantage and is going to greatly increase the odds that you're going to get into the school that you want to go to. I just touched on some simple things. These are kind of surface level. I'll probably do an episode in the future where I go a little bit more in depth, maybe end up interviewing some of these people. Let me know if you would find that valuable or interesting. Otherwise, if there's other topics that you'd like me to cover in the podcast, let me know and I'll do my absolute best. As always, in the meantime, my greatest hope is that this will make your studies as easy and as painless as they can possibly be. If you want more tips and strategies for optimizing your performance on the GMAT, just click the link in the description of this video or copy-paste it into your browser and head to thegmatstrategy.com and check out my video presentation on how to achieve your gold GMAT score in half the normal time and with half the normal effort. I don't know how else to say that. I can actually do that for you, okay? So check out the video and let me know what you think if you have questions. In the meantime, this is a weekly show, so please subscribe and stay positive and stay consistent with your studies. I'll talk to you all soon.